Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, marital turf misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. So, Justin. Yes, Sydney. Uh, there is a trendy, popular topic that I've been getting lots of questions about lately. I probably know about it then. If it's trendy and hot, I'm I'm looped in probably already, but uh, I'll, I'll humor oh, you. Well, by all means, then. I mean, I'm not a mind reader. I just, <laughs> I, I will probably know all about this hot topic. Well, I get... Oh, I, as you may guess, I get lots of questions actually about weight loss in general. A sure. lot of patients who are, who are trying to lose weight and are not sure how to do it. And so uh, as a result, I am usually kept abreast uh, of most of the new kind of fad diets mm-hmm. because somebody's always trying them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times this works the way like like backwards. I hear about them and then I have to go read about them and figure them out and and kind of come to a conclusion as to whether or not they're dangerous or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And the one that everybody's talking about these days is the ketogenic diet. Yeah, keto. Yeah. heard a lot about that. I've I've dabbled in the low carb and slow carb worlds. And uh, so I've I've heard a lot of chatter about Mm -hmm. keto diet um, uh, and have my, because of my time with, with Adkins, I know what the, what, what the name refers to. uh, But I don't know that much about it. I don't know how it differs from like other sorts of of plans that are that are out there. It's I thought this would be a good topic and we've had lots of people I should say suggest this, tweet it and and Facebook message and email us about this because it is so popular and and wanting to know is it real, does it work? And as I started to dig into it, the history of it, it, it's funny. This is one of those things that as I started to read, I thought, I remember learning about this in medical school. But I hadn't really thought about it since then. Okay. So the keto diet specifically differs from these low, these other low carb diets. I, I think most interestingly in its origins. How so? So the keto diet actually dates back to the 1920s, but it was not initially developed as a weight loss plan. What was it? The keto diet started out as a treatment for epilepsy. Okay, I've never, I've never ever heard that before. Okay, so to take you to take you way back in the way way in the way back machine for okay. a second, uh, as far back as Hippocrates, there was there was this uh, physicians noticed that there was this association between starvation and a f- uh, fewer seizures in patients who were prone to seizures. Okay. 
So there was already a connection. There was something that you could do with your diet that would make you have less seizures, or at least this is what Hippocrates observed and then theorized. Um, and there were also certain, as a result of this, there were certain treatment regimens developed for people with epilepsy uh, that mainly were, I mean, they were basically starvation kind of diets, okay. but also eliminated certain foods. Well, if it's a starvation diet, then <laughs> well, that goes without saying, right? Well, some of them eliminated only some foods so that you were almost starving, but okay. not completely. Okay. Uh, Galen also advised specifically like fasting for epilepsy, intermittent fasting for epilepsy. So for a long time, we didn't really know why, but we knew that if you changed your eating patterns in very drastic ways, you could reduce the frequency of your seizures. Okay. So in 1911, this is, this is, we're jumping way forward now. Yeah. So in 1911, two doctors in Paris, uh, Gulup and Marie, doctors Gulup and Dr. Marie, treated 20 epileptic patients with starvation. I don't know the details. They didn't really talk about the details of, of how, I mean, obviously they got something. Yeah, you can't starve right. people you forever. Starve, starve you gotta give them out. something. But they gave them very minimal food intake and recorded that they had amazing success in terms of reducing the frequency of these patients' seizures. So uh, this is obviously not a solution. We can't just starve no. people. Yeah. But it did it did lead to a lot of interest in. So there's something to it. I mean, yeah. there's something to obviously not a long term tenable solution, but there's mm-hmm. something to the idea of dietary changes and reducing the frequency of seizures. Yeah, there's something that happens in your body when you enter a state of starvation that somehow reduces the frequency of seizures. Uh, so in the early 1900s, a lot of other physicians in the U.S. started, b- based on these results, started following suit and trying to experiment with different diets to see what would happen. Uh, there was a Bernard McFadden and Hugh, Hugh Conklin in Battle Creek. We've talked about Battle Creek before. That's where, That's the, where uh, the Kellogg's mm-hmm, were from. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. And they, they dabbled in strange diets sure. as well. Uh and they both tried this with their patients and they thought it was helping again. And there was no specific plan at this point. We're just talking about like drastically reducing food intake, you know, just mm-hmm. not eating very much at all because we still weren't sure what, what it was about the starvation that, that made people. Yeah. It could have been anything. Eating. Right. Right. Um, Conklin was kind of studying under McFadden. He was kind of the, the guru of this at the time. Um, and McFadden specifically would advise intermittent fasting for basically everything. Um, like I, any medical condition. I've heard, I know we're not talking about IF right now, but I've heard a lot of hubbub about, about intermittent fasting. Yeah, me too. Maybe, maybe you tell me about that one next. Uh, we could do that next time. But he, he was actually, and he, he basically was practicing this way back in the night in the early 1900s. So he, he would advise that you fast anywhere from three days to three weeks. Depending. That's very. That's a very <laughs> large range. That's almost yeah. feels like guessing. Uh, well, it depended on the condition that you were suffering from. Ah, uh, all right. So some some you only had to fast three days. Some you had to fast for three weeks. Uh, and it may have actually been kind of an accident that he fa- he had such great success with seizures because he was telling everybody to fast for everything. So eventually, you're going to get yeah get something worked. Something worked. He also, by the way, had a magazine, this doctor, 
I think this that's is not actually cat. true. Actually, I set up the false dichotomy that if you use a treatment on other things, it'll fix something eventually. There's lots of things we talk about that don't fix anything. Well, that's that true. Is, that's that fair. is not. That is a. You know, I guess if you do that enough, odds are eventually some treatment might work for something. If it does, maybe for it, maybe, Possibly. maybe if you use enough or not too much. This is not the way we practice medicine, nor would I advise you to really do anything this That's way. That's it's a wild sort of <laughs> approach all around. Uh, I, just a side note on this McFadden guy, he also had a magazine that he published oh, cool. for quite a while called Physical Culture. And the whole idea name. was was like humans are puny and we need to teach them how to be big and strong and beautiful. Charles Atlas kind of stuff. Yeah. And we can do it through diet and exercise. A- and accurate. Like this. Right? Yeah, it, well, yes. But I mean, this was all very much like we will improve the human species. We'll make you bigger, stronger, faster. No. Eat these weird diets and do all these wild exercises. <laughs> I imagine lots of like squats it's weird that that would need to be an ongoing <laughs> magazine right like it's like kind of like men's fitness that's been going on for so long like certainly by now there's enough information there for us to get fit right like <laughs> certainly he, you'd, he you'd had covered to keep, it he had to keep hammering away at like inspiring housewives to sure look good for their husbands or whatever the message was back in the early 1900s um so this this kind of research probably in, in like a less flashy way was being repeated by uh, doctors Lennox and Cobb at Harvard. And they were really interested into as to why starvation might do this. I mean, it's not just that you can't eat like there's something that happens metabolically when mm-hmm. your body is in a state of starvation that must be causing this. And so they began to study the starvation state and they found that when you when you don't have glucose sugar for energy Mm -hmm. then you start to break down fats right right and what do they make energy well waste products i thought you would know this ketones there you go yes ketones ketosis 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 you're making ketones because you are breaking down fats when i was on the atkins i had to get ketosis strips from a Weird mom and pop pharmacy. The only place I could find around here that sold them. You got pee on the strips, and I, I believe you can find them pretty much anywhere now. Well, it's a different era, said back then. <laughs> I had to go out to the the food emporium for my sprouted grain Elijah bread. <laughs> it's on every store shelf all around you. Now it's at the Kroger. It's at, well, not the. It's at the the nice Kroger. It's a Zhuzhi Kroger, not regular Mm -hmm. Kroger. Call it the Cha Cha Kroger. Cha Cha Kroger. Gucci Kroger. Gucci Kroger. That that at (laughs) Gucci Kroger they have like all kinds of sprouted grains. Yeah. At the like mid tier to low tier Krogers, (laughs) you're not gonna find that. Uh, So there was a time looking for cheese either, folks. You want cheese? You gotta go to Gucci Kroger. Go to Gucci Kroger. They all, that's right next to the sushi place. Yeah, sushi. Gucci Kroger. They you know make sushi right there. You know your Gucci Kroger because they got a sushi prison in there, just like a little <laughs> island where they make people stand in it and make sushi. Let's call it Sushi Island. Sushi Island is a much more pleasant metaphor. Thank you. Right I do think to, they have an aggress. <laughs> it's right next to the fancy cheese island. And the um, no one man loose the loose nuts stand. Yeah, no one man's <laughs> fancy cheese island though. Fancy cheese island is an island unto itself. <laughs> Sushi island is manned twenty four hours a day. I'm assuming. So uh, there was a 
uh, Dr. Wilder at Mayo, everybody's doing this research at this point now, right? Everybody's all excited. They're like, we found ketones. What do they do? We don't know. Let's try this. So he proposed that you could probably treat patients better by eating food instead of starving. Love that. And, and focus on foods that will produce the ketones. So starvation produces ketones. Breaking down fats produces ketones. Eat fat. Break it down into ketones. That's better than eating nothing. That seems like that's a, where this comes from. That seems like kind of a hacky solution, but is that right? Yeah, a diet that does that is ketogenic. So the more fat you eat, you break that down preferentially. Okay. Yeah. If you don't, I mean, now the only way to do this though is, and we're going to get to this. So actually, that's the next thing, is through a very restrictive diet. Mm-hmm. So on Atkins, do you remember how many grams of carbs you could eat? 20 at the start uh-huh. in induction that lasts for two weeks. Okay. And then it built for there for like 30 and then I think 50 was like long term. And then I think it was like a hundred once you got to like your goal weight. So the diet that Wilder started using that was the original ketogenic diet. This is the original KD. Uh, was one gram of protein per kilogram of body weight, 10 to 15 grams of carbohydrates per day. Y'all, that's crazy. Like, that's like... um. And then the remainder of your calories will be in fat. I mean, you could clear that with carrots and cauliflower. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that's nothing. Those and- 20 grams, by the way, you can only get in the induction phase. To give you some idea, I think you can... You're supposed to only get from like leafy greens and vegetables and and stuff like that. So there's like, it is, it is a tough, tough row. And this, and this isn't uh, like this, this ketogenic diet is the basis for what I think the standard regimen that a lot of the books, because there, there, there are endless books on the ketogenic diet. I was trying to find the first one that was like, that was selling it as a weight loss diet, as opposed to a treatment for epilepsy. Mm -hmm. And I have, I don't know. I mean, I just. I ran out of patience for books about the ketogenic. They're endless, endless books about this. But I think the general idea is that you're supposed to eat like 70, 70% fat, 25% protein and 5% carbs is like the general breakdown oh, thank you. based on this regimen. And this original regimen, by the way, was only developed for children. Really? Mm-hmm. It was a way to reduce seizure, seizures in children. Why not adults? The the easy answer is this. Adults couldn't do it. Cowards. It was a lot easier to give these diets and study them in children because parents were administering them. Mm -hmm. So you could trust that. I mean, these were parents who who usually had kids who had who their seizures were frequent and debilitating and they weren't um, at the time. We didn't have a lot of great treatments anyway, so they weren't responding well to the treatments. And so they were desperate for a something that might work and so they were willing to to do the hard thing and do this diet a lot of adults just would not stick adults to it require us to breed a race of super parents <laughs> to parent the parents but if the if the kids have to eat whatever their parents give them it was a lot easier to control mm-hmm. um, and they also noticed things like improvement in cognitive function and behavior they reported so not mm-hmm. just a reduction in seizures but like the kids said they could think more clearly um i don't th- 
That was not my experience <laughs> in, in severely reducing my carbohydrates. <laughs> I could think, I could think very clearly about Cheetos. Like I could think, like I could almost visualize them perfectly in my mind. I do not remember much clarity from those days. Now, at this point, when all these studies started to show improvement, and this this diet was formally written down as the keto diet. Um, it just exploded in popularity because again, at the time there really weren't great met there. There were very few medicines at all for seizures and they made a lot of kids really kind of drowsy and out of it and they didn't always work. And, mm -hmm. uh, so the ketogenic diet became the standard treatment for all kids with epilepsy as in like first line treatment, every textbook that you would read from like 1941 to 1980 if you go to epilepsy, would tell you ketogenic diet. Okay. Um, and, you know, like I said, there was evidence that it, it would work. Not in every single kid, not every single time, but it definitely was, it. was found to be successful. In, uh, his, in 1972, there was a Livingston, who was a doctor who did a lot of research in this area and treated a lot of patients with epilepsy at Johns Hopkins, and he went over um, a thousand children with epilepsy that he followed for a decade. And from that, using the ketogenic diet, he said that 52% had complete control of their seizures and then an additional 27% had improved control of their seizures wow. on this diet. So pretty good evidence that, that this could work. Um, why did it work? We're still not entirely sure. That's comforting. Um, well, yeah, but I mean, the more important thing is that it does. <laughs> True, fair. But we're still not entirely sure what the ketones do to the brain to reduce the frequency of seizures. There's some sort of some, I don't know, it, it changes the nervous conduction in some way. Um, there's been the people have proposed that it, it alters the pH of the inside the neurons in some way. Mm -hmm. e either way, the point is that somehow these ketone bodies, when they cross the blood brain barrier and get up into the brain reduce the frequency of seizures oh okay. we know that we know that this can happen but as time passed new and more effective medications were made mm -hmm. and it became a lot easier if your child especially if you had to transition into an adulthood you know if you still had epilepsy as an adult and you needed to control that it became very hard to maintain that diet once yeah i mean you, you imagine to buy food like a, yeah a teenager who for the first time can go to a fast food restaurant on their own mm -hmm. it, it gets a lot harder to control so um medications kind of took over and as we had better medicines that wouldn't make everybody drowsy and loopy and we had medications that you could take on a regular basis and still feel awake and functional and think straight um the diet began to kind of fall out of favor because it was hard. Sure, yeah, it's extremely difficult. Yeah, it's a, it, I mean, it's a very hard diet to maintain. Um, there were there were efforts to try to make it a little more palatable. There was a specific diet where it was called the medium chain triglyceride oil diet, which was basically Snappy. a way of introducing other other fats that you could add to like these weird pureed shakes that you would have to make mm. to get the right mix of calories and everything into kids and and this was a little bit more palatable, but overall, if you could take a pill and that would control your seizures, of course, yeah. a lot of people began yeah, to prefer course. that. And as fewer kids were put on the diet, fewer dietitians were trained in it. 
And as you can imagine, this is a very difficult diet to explain to parents. So it's not like only eat this many carbs a day. It's, yeah. it's much more restrictive than that. So if you don't have dietitians who are very well versed in how to communicate that to parents, then you're going to have more trouble using the diet. And so then fewer people are using it correctly. So then the effectiveness so on, seems so to wear off. Yeah. So doctors stopped prescribing it. And pretty soon it was kind of like people forgot about it. It became it became this like third tier thing. So if you've got a patient that you've tried on medication and you've tried on another medication and you're still not getting anywhere, then you might consider adding the ketogenic diet at that point as opposed to, you know, 30 years before that when it was the number one primary mainstay of childhood epilepsy treatment well it couldn't have gone away though is it because i hear about it all the time that's right it came back go on well before i do let's go to the billing department Gosh, let's go the medicines the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got in two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. 
Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. So the keto diet was just starting to, to was somehow going to make a comeback. That's right. So everything changed in the 90s. This is why the, the keto diet did not fade into, well, I guess the kind of thing that we cover on that. In the sawbones, yeah. Into sawbones history. Um, a, a Dateline special revived it. It told the story of young Charlie Abrahams, who was the son of Hollywood director Jim Abrahams, who's responsible for Airplane. In part, partially responsible, I guess. He's a writer? A writer? Yeah, that's all right. Yes. Okay. And then he directed some stuff too, I think. Okay. And the Naked Gun movies. Oh, right on. Yeah. And uh, his son, wa- Charlie, was being treated for epilepsy with little success. Uh, and so his family learned, when trying to just find anything that would work, learned about the ketogenic diet and they used it and Charlie had a huge improvement in his symptoms and they kind of became advocates for it after that. Hmm. So they started the Charlie foundation to spread the word and, and to educate more people about the possibility that if they had a child who was resistant to a lot of medications and they couldn't seem to get the seizures under control, this could really improve their life. Mm. And so in um, in pursuit of spreading the word about this diet in 1997, the movie First Do No Harm was made starring Meryl Streep. Um, and I think this is the one that he directed it. Mm. Um, and this w- told the story of his son and how they use the diet. It's, it's almost kind of unfortunate. I, I shouldn't say, I don't mean it as unfortunate, but the fact that people found a diet in obscurity that is actually useful from ancient wisdom, even though it's the twenties, but still <laughs> that, that you see that fallacy so often in like a bunch of woo and alternative medicine. Like it's a little concerning to me that, that this one time it worked, they found an old diet that nobody used anymore. And instead of a gun, it was actually useful. Well, this I'm is glad obviously for the people that it helped, but it's I, just I was going to say precedent. this. No, no, I was going to say this at the end, but I think this is, this is a good place to make this point. It there is there are a lot of people who will tell you that food alone can be medicine, that you could control all of your medical problems through diet. And I would push back and say, well, no, that's not entirely true. But I think that that that's why sometimes medicine can be frustrating for people mm-hmm. for, you know, sometimes especially like chronic medical conditions or difficult to control medical conditions can be frustrating because what I'm going to tell you and I think this is the right thing. I think this is the truth. This is why I'm saying it. Is that the answer is usually somewhere in the middle. It's gray. Medications are needed for some things. Yes, diet can improve some other things. Everything's not one or the other. Mm-hmm. Food is not the only medicine and medicine is not the only medicine. There are times for both and there are times that you can use them together and, and improve situations and um, that's a lot less satisfying than just having one thing you can advocate for. Right, right Food right. is medicine. Um, but that that's the truth. Sometimes a diet regimen like this can really work for a medical condition. So people got way back into the keto diet because of Merrill's flick. Yes. And, and this, the situation. And, and what was also happening at this moment in history is the low-carb craze. 
Yeah, it was so, hot right then. Yeah, so you can see, so so all, so all first, all of these patients got back into it. So first, a lot of people whose family members or who personally had epilepsy began to get interested in the ketogenic diet for that condition as a result of this film and the Dateline special. Okay. Um, and the number of studies on the ketogenic diet just shot through the roof. Like, if you look at the years between you know, when the first anti-epileptic medications that were really effective came out and this movie, if you look in between there, there were a couple studies, maybe a year being done on the ketogenic diet. Mm -hmm. If you look after this Dateline special and then the subsequent movie, tons of studies came out Mm -hmm. to to see if it really would work. Um, And of course they were finding that it it could be effective. Yes. Again, still just for epilepsy. Um, Because it's, and I'm going to say this several times, this is a medical treatment. It's not just a diet. This is a treatment that you should take as seriously as if you were taking a medication. Because it is a medical treatment. Okay, got and it. And there are there are side effects. There are some that maybe you consider not such a big deal, like constipation or diarrhea or getting nauseous and vomiting sometimes, and those could improve over time. And also, if you have a dietitian who's helping you kind of tailor your meals you know, to something mm-hmm. that, that might not make you so sick. You can also get some things like vitamin deficiencies from this diet that can lead to osteoporosis in some cases, thinning of the bones. Mm-hmm. Um, another problem that you can see is not what you think. You actually can get elevated cholesterol at the very beginning, which it is a high fat diet. So maybe you would assume that, but you can see some really out of whack cholesterol profiles mm-hmm. in people who are on this short term. Now, for a lot of patients, this will iron itself out long term and you'll actually see improvement in the cholesterol over time. But transiently, you can see some really high bad cholesterols on this diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, even though all these things I mentioned can be manageable, it's really hard to do. Yeah, I can imagine. And if you don't stick to it, it won't work. And I don't mean like, I mean, I'm on Weight Watchers and I have times where I'm like, I'm going to just eat half this muffin and I'm not going to count it because I need half this muffin right now. And that's fine. That's not going to hurt anybody. Um, But if you're not sticking to this diet, it will not work. And you have to stick to it to the letter. Um, And I, I should note, historically, a variation on this was used. We've mentioned this on the diabetes episode. Mm-hmm. That idea that starvation would improve diabetes was also very prominent for a while, which is why you're going to see like this get tied into a treatment for diabetes. Um, the problem with that, of course, is that we do not want type one diabetics going into ketosis. It can be very dangerous for them, right? Yes. That is called diabetic ketoacidosis. DKA is a very dangerous state and can be fatal, which is why I would not recommend this for a type one diabetic. Okay. Um, so how did this become a diet trend? Well, People who couldn't stick to the ketogenic diet in its entirety started kind of trying other low-carb diets that weren't necessarily as restrictive. Mm -hmm. And we were at just the right time for the Atkins diet. Mm -hmm. So the Atkins diet was very popular. It was a low-carbohydrate diet, um, and it was easier, as you can imagine, than the ketogenic diet. Yeah, Um, And it also could send you into a state of ketosis. Supposed to, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, eating low carb doesn't necessarily put you in ketosis. Really? I mean, you can get in ketosis, but you have to, I mean, I was you're always, not, you I, have to check to see if you I are. I always use this as a barometer of success. Probably not the 
right word, but I, I use it as a metric of success. I'll say that. And if I was in ketosis, I knew I was doing a good job. If you are in ketosis, it means that you have succeeded in getting yourself into ketosis. That is about all I will say. <laughs> and the strip turned purple. So that's huge. Yes. So you have definitely succeeded in that. Um, and so all these low carb fans who like people who were using the ketogenic diet couldn't stick to it. And so kind of went into Atkins or one of the other, you know, sure. what South Beach and you've done slow carb and all these other variations, low glycemic index diets. Um, variations on low carb started to try out those uh, people who were trying out these other low low carb diets started in their searching finding evidence of the ketogenic diet mm. and as you have already said if you were doing Atkins you were told that you needed to get into a state of ketosis that was important and so now you have this diet that's called the keto diet just put you right there. That seems the even better, line. right? Yeah. That, that sounds better. And like, we, I don't, and for a lot of people, I don't even think they know necessarily what they're doing. Like I'm supposed to be in ketosis. I'll check my urine to see if I'm in ketosis. If something puts me into ketosis faster, I'm doing good. So I'll do this diet, this right. keto diet. Right. And so we, we heard these like stories back, I think around like 2012 is where you can find like the origins of this becoming this weight loss fad. Mm. And there was this article about brides who were trying to make these keto smoothies and, and take them through in like tubes through their nose. Cause they're so gross. Ugh. Cause I mean, it's not like no sugar. Yeah. I know. Ugh. Ugh. A shake with no sugar is like so heinous. Yeah. That's what a Ugh. lot of these, like the, a lot of people who were trying to do this diet. I mean, if you can just imagine some like, some kind of fat, some kind of like with like coconut oil, I think is a popular one. Mm -hmm. Some kind of like heavy duty fat. And you can throw in some like protein powder. Ugh, and ugh. I don't, is there any kind of milk you can do on this? Any kind know. of like almond, like nut hemp, milk or milk. soy <laughs> milk? I know. I don't know. I mean, but like you, you would have to blend up this and it would have zero sweetness. Yeah. Imagine something that looks and and like you look at it and you think this should be a vanilla milkshake and then there is zero sweetness to it Ugh. and it's full of fat. Ugh. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, Quit. I mean, so you these are hard to these, the diet. these are hard to ingest. Um, and so then the then the ketogenic diet became this diet that people were using for weight loss and everybody was going keto and now there are like a billion cookbooks and and descriptions of how to do the diet and there there are ways to do it kind of like you said with atkins where you can do like an induct an induction phase and then like but, but generally bit. speaking you're supposed to keep yourself in ketosis to lose weight and to keep yourself in ketosis you don't just eat low carb yeah you have to i mean it's extremely low carb like like i said i mean if if 10 to 15 carbohydrates <sighs> a day that's 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 really tough that's that's incredibly tough, and you have to eat lots of fat, which no, this sounds like a hard pass. Which and it sounds like you know, like I said, there was a lot of concern. This was true with Atkins too that if people were eating all this fat, that their cholesterol was going to go through the roof. And there is some evidence that maybe early on it does. Long term, I I don't have good evidence to tell you that's dangerous. Mm -hmm. So if that if that helps, um, but generally speaking, you still have to eat a lot of fat, and I don't particularly enjoy that. Um, does it work? Well, if you're going to eat this low carb, yes, you will lose weight. Sure. Cause you can't eat anything you like. That's the secret of low <laughs> carb. <laughs> the secret no one will tell you is if you can't get any, eat anything that tastes good, you will lose weight. The, the, and this is the, the grand debate about low carb diets, right? 
are you losing weight because as Justin said, you're not getting to eat the things you like. Is it also because you're eating low calorie as a result of low carb? Carbs pack a lot of calories. Sure. It's hard for you to get in this. If you if you stick to one of these diets, it's very difficult to get in the same amount of calories as you would if you were eating carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to do. We don't we don't want to eat that much lunch meat. <laughs> yeah, you don't. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's just, it's true. And so is it really a low calorie diet and you're just doing it in a roundabout way? Probably not just that. There's enough evidence to suggest that something else is happening when you mm-hmm. do a low carb diet. Well, I also found uh, it's a little easier to control, like just be in control of cravings and eating and stuff if you're not on that sugar train. The insulin spikes are where a lot of the interest lies. If you're not spiking your insulin in response to eating sugar all day, are you reducing cravings? Mm-hmm. And then you're reducing that, you know, insulin is a storage hormone. Every time you eat something sweet, your body releases insulin. It makes you store fat. Is that the key to weight loss is stopping those insulin spikes? I don't know. Why ask me? Uh, well, I'm saying that's the, that's the question. And that's why people theorize low carb works better. Um, the thing is, there are small studies that suggest that it can help with some medical conditions mm-hmm. like type 2 diabetes. Um, those same studies have been done with any low carb diet though, and type two diabetes. Mm -hmm. I mean, eating, and I think that makes sense. If you are a diabetic, a type two diabetic, people tell you to eat less sugar and watch your carbs. Yeah. So it makes sense why that might help. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're a type one diabetic, I would be extremely cautious with anything like this. I would not voluntarily put yourself in ketosis. Okay. Um, obviously with things like high cholesterol, maybe in the long run it helps, which could that help with cardiac risk? Heart, heart, heart attack risk, maybe, maybe. But when they put them head to head in big studies with other diets, they don't always necessarily, ketogenic certainly doesn't necessarily outperform other low carb diets routinely. So mm-hmm. can any low carb diet do this? Probably. And there are even some studies that suggest that you can get the same result by eating low calorie. Mm. So is it the magical key to weight loss? Probably not, because as I already mentioned, it's incredibly hard to stick to, Mm -hmm. and most people don't. And nothing is, I mean, you got to eat in a way that works for you. This has to be something you can sustain for your whole life, Mm -hmm. um, or you'll gain the weight back. And weight weight loss is a much less important goal than than health. being healthy and eating well and, and, you know, eating things that make you feel good and, you know, give you energy to fight crime. Carbohydrates are good like they, they are taste also good. good a lot of people aren't willing to talk about that sydney that's a great point they taste yummy and i agree i mean i i limit my carbohydrates as part of the diet we're doing right now because it helps me lose weight but i do eat some because i like them and every mm-hmm. once in a while i eat a donut because i love donuts and you don't tell your phone so <laughs> i don't phone tell my don't phone know. about that donut and, and that but i'm but that's for me and that's what makes me happy and i think everybody's got to find that balance but i would just i would stress again this can't the ketogenic diet, especially if you have certain medical conditions, could make you ill. Mm-hmm. It is a treatment. It is a medical treatment. I think it is you not re- a fad I think you diet. Reinforce that, and and I would not approach it lightly. Um, and I would certainly ignore celebrities like Kourtney Kardashian, who have claimed that doctors told her she needed to do the ketogenic diet because she had excess lead and mercury in her system. And this would help her get it out. Those are not good doctors. That's not a thing. I can you really think somebody told her that? Mm, maybe she was like half listening. I don't know. These were not. 
doctors. I don't know which of them that she is. Is she the smart one? I I don't know the Kardashians. I I know Card I know Kardashians are a thing, but yes, I don't know, I know which one is which. Uh, folks, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thanks to the taxpayers for using their song "Medicines" as the intro and outro of our program. Hey, if you want a new podcast to listen to, check out Bubble. It's a new sh- short run sci-fi comedy series that Max Fun is doing. You can find it wherever fine podcasts are sold. Just search for Bubble. And uh, I think you can get a kick out of it. Um, anyway, folks, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.